Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What's a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith, unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it, Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the Match Day FM podcast. A little bit different as you might have noticed if you are actually watching. The fact we are live on both Facebook, YouTube and on our website as well for the first time ever. So God knows what's going to happen uh, over the next hour or so because... When we usually record these for use on Spotify, etc., they generally need a bit of editing, so it could become an absolute mayhem. But I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran making Chris Coughlin and Joel Richardson with me, Chris Stott, as we look ahead to Euro 2020 in 2021. It's been a long wait for this tournament to come around, and one, I think, which even 12 months ago, there was a little bit of optimism around the England team and what it could mean for England um, going into a major tournament off the back of 2018 World Cup. But it is the Euros, which has, of course, been delayed because of something called COVID. I don't know if you've come across it. But it is happening. There are going to be some fans there as well, which is a great benefit. And it's almost like football's coming home because of the fact that so many games are going to be played here in the UK as well. And we'll get straight into it then, guys. Um, England shirt, Stotty. Stotty, three out of a four. I didn't, I didn't get the, the, didn't get the memo. memo. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, the memo. Somewhere in the loft. Yeah, the memo materialised as soon as Kieran entered the studio with an England shirt on after <laughs> I'd done so. I so, like, get a text out quick, team, to get don't there. Be bla- don't be blaming me. It's, some, it's <laughs> somewhere in the loft in a box. It would take about an hour to find. <laughs> well, I'll, Luckily, you've got a couple of days to get it before Sunday, where yeah. the big one uh, kicks off England against uh, Croatia, which we'll discuss in a little bit more depth in a moment. But obviously, whenever it comes to any major tournaments, um, it's all about really how England are going to be performing, isn't it, guys? Um, you know, we've got the euphoria of getting to a semi-final in 2018 to get denied by Croatia in extra time. But Guys, just how optimistic are you about the prospects of England? I'll come to you, um, Karen, since you were the first one here. Um, let's get your <laughs> thoughts on um, how optimistic you are going into this tournament. Yeah, optimistic, to be honest. I mean, was very optimistic um, a few weeks back. Now we're actually down into the final week of you know the tournament starting. I'm now cautiously optimistic, as, as you know, most England fans are. Um the friendlies, listen, they weren't fantastic. I don't think you could read a lot into friendlies, pre-tournament friendlies anyway, because there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of sort of speculation going on. Isn't there about who's going to get in the squad and all that kind of stuff? So I wouldn't read too much into the friendlies, but there was obviously stuff that we we, we would need to improve on heading into the tournament. So um, it's a good and a bad thing to, to look at those. Uh, but yeah, cautiously optimistic, I would say. Um, we've got the talent and the ability, particularly going forward. But the main thing that frightens me, and I'm sure we'll get onto this, is obviously we have to play one of looking like one of France, Portugal, or Germany. So um, that would be the acid test for us. Should we get out the group, by the way? Because the group, you know, will be difficult in my opinion. But 
that will be the acid test should we get to that stage. But as we were saying just before we come on, uh, um, if you have to win a tournament, you're going to have to beat at least one elite team, shall we say. Look at the 2018 World Cup. We got to the semis. Um, and you would say if we got to the final, France would have been that elite team that we would have beat to win it. So, um, yeah, quietly optimistic, I, I'd say. Um, I think just take each game as it comes and try and not get carried away with the hype. I'm a little bit older now, so I can <laughs> I can sort of like dumb myself down a little bit. I'll come to you, Joe. What are your thoughts um, from an English perspective heading into Euro 2020? Um, I, w- I was a little bit concerned uh, from sitting through the uh, the two friendlies. If I'm if I'm being totally honest with you, um, they were pretty pretty tough watches. And if I'm being honest, England have been a bit of a hard watch for about a year and a half now. To be honest with you, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, no, I'm I'm like Key. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm only going to get really uh, properly excited. You know, I mean, obviously. If, Whatever the the group uh, goes, I'll be going absolutely bananas for any goal. But um, you know, uh, you have to be concerned, especially with with the injuries that we've got at the minute. Um, to key players, the likes of Harry Maguire, um, who's a big loss in that team. Jordan Henderson has obviously been been out for a few months, um, and even to be fair, uh, some of the lads that have um, have had injuries, like the second half of the season, the likes of. Um, Declan Rice and Jack Grealish, who, if uh, if stay fit, are obviously going to be massive players for us. Um, and uh, oh god, I don't want to uh, uh, throw anything on the fire, but I mean, Harry Kane does have two um, very uh, very fragile ankles, so uh, let's mm. hope and pray to God that uh, nothing happens to him. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you, you have to be a bit concerned especially with the injuries, you know, you don't want to be carrying a big player uh, injured into a major tournament, uh, which we have done in the past to our um, detriment. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got to be optimistic. Um, you know, just look at, you can't, you know, not be excited by the attacking talent that we've gotten. I just can't wait to see the likes of Foden, Grealish, um, Mason Mount, just go out there and play. And I'll just come back to you then, Joe. Obviously, you said earlier in your speech then about um, England being a bit of a speech. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> for one of the about England speak being a bit of a uh, bit of a, a tough watch over the last uh, 12, 18, 18 months. Um, obviously, the the fact that we do now have all this attacking talent who have been performing really well for um, the club sides. Do you think then there is an onus? Um, to for them to just go and play more like the they do for their clubs is that really England's best bet rather than going about things how they have been doing? Um, as you would say, not playing particularly brilliant, breathtaking stuff. I think it's up to the manager to to put them into a system that that gets the best out of them. Um, I know we'll we'll come on to the old three at the back, four at the back, four three three debate. Uh, I'm sure when we pick our teams, but um. Yeah, it's it's about getting the right balance um, for me. Uh, there there are a few players that for me are are dead certs to play, um, and there are a few, especially in the attacking positions and and probably at, at fullback where you can kind of interchange really. But you know the the, the players that I'm pinning my hopes on are are definitely um, the likes of Mason Mount. Um, I think he adds 
creativity to that midfield that is kind of lacking a little bit. Um, I mean, you look at the squad and obviously the amount of defenders that we picked for it. Um, it there's a there's a lack of real central midfielders for all our um, attacking talent as well. Um, there's a lack of ball players in that middle of the park. But I think Mason Mount is 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 that guy really. He's had an absolutely brilliant season at Chelsea. Um, came in, obviously the manager Tuchel came in, and uh, you were thinking, well, maybe he might not. Uh, play as much with uh, you know going back to the old, the old guard players, but he's he's been undroppable really for Chelsea. So he's a massive player, and and then there's Jack Grealish as well, who I think uh, I speak for all of us um, makes me very excited to watch um, as as an England player. He just he just plays with freedom. He takes players on. He's tricky. I I, I just love him. So so th those two are those two are the big ones. Um, I wrote down quickly in my notes that um, I, I, I don't particularly think that this team has, has progressed uh, from the World Cup like I thought they might, especially I think there was the game, I think it was the game in the Nations League, wasn't it, against Spain um, yeah. away, uh, where they absolutely, battered, they absolutely battered Spain. And I'm like, that was the first time for a long time where I was like, England have just out-footballed like a very good team in um, in Spain. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, Harry Winks and Ross Barkley were playing in that game. So we'll wow. see where, see, you know, uh, how far we've come since then. But uh, yeah, um, you can't can't not be uh, optimistic with the attacking talent that we have. Come to you, uh, Dave Coughlin. Um, again, is there a sense of optimism with yourself or are there still sort of a few lingering um, concerns and doubts over the team? I think Joey's kind of teed me up perfectly there, to be honest with you, because I genuinely, to an extent, certainly with regards to the attacking talent, since I've been able to fully appreciate watching football, obviously growing up, England had amazing players, the likes of Gerrard, Lampard, Scholes, Beckham, Rooney, you know, just just to name just name five. In terms of the attacking talent that we have going into this tournament, I, I'm, it's genuinely the most exciting for me in terms of. A forward line that I can that I can appreciate properly. I was growing up back in those teams, couldn't really appreciate it properly. But like Foden, Kane, Grealish, for me, I know we'll come on to our teams, but for me, that that that's my front three, and I'm I'm, I'm not really budging from that in, in in my opinions. The main concerns are the defensive side, because it did make me laugh. Um, Roy Keane at the weekend was having a go, not not at. Jordan Henderson, but at the selection of Jordan Henderson in the squad. But if you're going to have a go at Jordan Henderson for people saying, oh, they want to be part of the camp, where's his criticism of the selection of Harry Maguire, who Gareth Southgate has gone as far as to say it might even be a bonus to see him play in the tournament. So I, I don't really get the logic of that, to be honest with you. Um, and that's obviously the discussion about three of the back against Croatia is coming in. I think it's more likely than not that he will go with that against Croatia. Um, we'll need a different plan than what he went within the World Cup semi-final of course but the attacking talent it genuinely does maybe the most excited that I've been going into a tournament as, as, as far as, as being an England fan um, is to be honest with you and I completely understand where Joey's coming from with regards to the midfield enforcement uh, I was a tad surprised off, well originally when James Wall Prowse didn't get in as the 26th man but when I look at the defensive situation the injury to Harry Maguire Ben White was did make a lot more sense to me the more I thought about it 
but it 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 is interesting. Um, but of course, you know the likes of Barkley and um, Winks, Joey alluded to, they've been replaced by Mount and Bellingham, who I see as substantial improvements. Even though Bellingham is uh, still, is he old enough to drink yet? I don't think no, so. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's hope he never discovers the drink, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, certainly with the attacking talent, uh, I'm. I'm I'm quite excited. Well, what we'll do, we'll get the 11s out of the way and then we'll pick uh, a few um, selections um, from each of you to to, to go over. Um, we also got um, Harry, Sam and Balve, who are regulars on the podcast, to um, give us their thoughts on all these uh, discussion points um, that we've brought up. Um, I'll, well, there, I'll start with my team and then I'll, um, I'll work around and then I'll... Uh, give you the other three as well so um i've gone a little bit um different to probably what a lot of you will go i'm going for a four two three one um this is what i if i was going southgate this is what i would pick and i'm sure that's all sort of same thinking of each of you um i'd go for pickford trippier stones mings and shaw two holders of rice and phillips foden mount rashford and Kane as a central striker. Um, I'll come to you, Kim, and I'm going to write these down as well, just so I don't have to keep getting you to remind me. So I've done it not from Southgate's point of view. Is that right? I've just done it what I would pick. Is Whichever okay? way you yeah. wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm not going to go with three at the back, as many people think that we might do, because I just think Croatia will be licking the lips because they butchered us in that World Cup semi-final. Modric had a field day. He was just spraying diagonals in the space behind the wing back. So I just think that's a no-go. So obviously it's going to be a four at the back formation. So the two four at the back formations we've used there, four, two, three, one, as Stotty just alluded to. And that's what we used in the two friendlies or started within two friendlies, but also four, three, three, which we've used a lot in the past. And we actually used the four, three, three against Croatia in both games of the Nations League. It was a nil, nil in Croatia. Uh, we should have won oh, that. Yeah. And then we've beaten two one at Wembley, obviously. So I've gone four, three, three. behind closed doors before this was a thing. It was, yeah. It was at some uh, B yeah, team stadium. Or, I want to say. Yeah, something, something daft yeah. like that. We should have beat them, though. I think Kane hit the bar from about two yards out, which is unlike him. Um, but yeah, so 4-3-3. Pickford's my goalkeeper. I've also gone for Trippier at right back. I've gone Stones and White. Um, if you want to ask me about that, you can do. I'll, I'll leave that. Where you are, yeah. players. And I've, gone <laughs> and I've gone Shaw left back. Uh, midfield three, Rice is my holder. Uh, Bellingham and Mount either side. And then, like Coughlin alluded to, I just cannot see how you can't play a front three of Ford and Kane and Grealish. So, so it was... Rice, Bellingham, Mount, Foden, Kane, Grealish. Yeah, so Mount, Mount's in the, the midfield three, Foden, yeah. Grealish, either side of Kane. Right, uh, I'll come to, I'll go to Chris Coughlin next, because he's next down on my list. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, I, I've actually got, I've got two 11s here. I've got one that I think I'll we'll go with. But <laughs> I've, got, I've got my own. Pick one of them. Pick, because, pick one. Because, because I'm independent, I'm going to go with the one that I would go with. Um, I'd go with... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting because like, I, I, as part of my scouting, I did actually watch Croatia um, the other day against Belgium. And they have got some absentees, but they weren't particularly impressive going forward. So I have gone a bit more attack-minded. 1-0 <laughs> um, Croatia then. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's up. Yeah, it's it's coming. Um, Pickford in goal. I I just don't see how people can justify Dean Henderson over him. Uh, Pickford in goal. Walker, Stones, Mings, and Shaw because I prefer him in a back four to Chilwell at the moment. The way Chilwell is now playing at Chelsea, uh, and then midfield three of Rice, Mountain, Bellingham, and then Grealish, Foden, Kane. So I think the front six is the same. The key just a few changes in the back line. Yeah. So Rice, Mount. Bellingham and what was it? Foden, Kane, Grealish. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kane, Grealish. Yeah. So I'd say similar uh, top end of the pitch. Joe, how different are you going to be? Well, do you know what? I've I've been umming and ahhing about my formation to be honest because I I just had in my mind that that Croatia were maybe a bit better than they are, um, and then I, I looked at their team and. I think there's probably not too much to to be scared of, really. So I, I originally had a, a three four, uh, excuse me, a kind of three four three as I would expect uh, us to to play against uh, against Croatia. But uh, I'm I'm going to go for the four four three three, um, and it will be as follows: Pickford in goal, uh, the same back four I think as you, uh, Stotty, Trippier, uh, Stones. Mings. Uh, it was a tough call. I, I, I really like Ben White. Um, I'd probably prefer him in a back three, but um, I've just gone for Mings. A uh, little bit more experience. And then Shaw at left back. And then the same uh, midfield three, Rice, Mount and uh, Belling. I really like the um, the uh, the symmetry of that. And then, well, the front three, Foden, Kane, Grealish sounds the best, but there's no pace in there. For me, they're they're all they're all very technically gifted players. Kane likes to drop deep. Foden likes to uh, drop back a bit. Grealish doesn't run in beyond. And you've got to think about Kane. Like we have to obviously build the team around Kane because he is our most important player. Um, and what he's what he's got at Spurs is two players that run in beyond Son um, and I don't know Bergwijn or uh, Lucas Moore or what have you. Um, so I think I think we have to play Grealish. For me, out of Grealish and Foden in that first game, I played Grealish. Uh, I think wow. he's, he's brilliant. Uh, Grealish off the left. Um, and then it's a toss-up really between Sancho and Sterling for the right. And I think I'd probably go for Sancho. So That's Sancho, true. Kane and uh, Grealish. Foden, I, get, I, I, I don't feel like we have to blood fill Foden in straight away. Um, no skin fade Gaza. Yeah, I mean, he could, he could, he's, he's, he's down in my Scotland team. I actually made a Scotland team. Yeah. I'm, Bloody I'm hell, this guy's on the ball, isn't he? He's going to score in that, hopefully, please. But I know, I, no, I honestly, I, I, I think like against the team like Croatia, we're going to sit back. We need pace up front. And I, mm. I think the three players, Foden, Kane, and Grealish, are the best three. But for me, but we need some pace. We need someone mm. to run the channel. So I don't know, a Sancho. Uh, Sterling and Rashford, I'm not too keen on uh, in terms of their form, but maybe they might, you know, do better for England than their clubs. Who knows? But uh, I yeah. think we need to need some pace up front. Yeah, that I think that that pace uh, element you talked about, that's also why I put um, Rashford in um, for for that element of pace. Uh, in terms of what Harry's gone for, four three three with Pickford, Walker, Stones, White, Shaw, Rice, Mount, Foden. Rashford, Kane, Grealish. That basically that front six is very similar to what I would put against Scotland. Um, that 
Um, obviously, more expansive there, you can straight away tell. Um, Sam Jordan's gone for Pickford, Walker, Stones, White, Chilwell, Rice, Mount, Foden, Sancho, Kane, Grealish. So a little bit of similarity there in the midfield. Balve, a sort of spanner in the works, has gone Henderson as the goalkeeper. Walker, Stones and Mings with Shaw. Uh, Foden, Mount and Rice, midfield, Kane, Sancho and Rashford. Um, no few points. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. a few points to pick up. Obviously, uh, Joe, you've waxed lyrical about Grealish and a lot of us are going to say the same same things. So, you know, Grealish, absolutely, um, is a, a, a good choice. Grealish would be in mine if I didn't go for the two holding midfielders. i just gone hot two holding because first game, important they don't lose. That that was my um, rationale behind that. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. The centre-half one is, is the... Um, the big one, isn't it really, guys? It's the fact that, obviously, Maguire is injured. It's who goes in with Stones, isn't it, really? Because I think, yeah, we've all yeah. gone for, for John Stones in there. Um, mix of White and Mings. Nobody's gone for Connor Cody. I'd imagine if a back three, Cody probably gets in there. Um, Kate, I see you went, for, you went for Ben White. Obviously, very late. Inclusion, why would you start Ben White? It's funny, isn't it? It was the late inclusion, but now he obviously looks like the strongest candidate, in my opinion, to play alongside John Stones. Obviously, my assumption is based if on playing a back four. Um, I think if you're playing a back four, you would want Stones and Maguire, wouldn't you? They would be your two. So I think Ben White, in terms of a football in centre back, is the closest in the squad to Harry Maguire in terms of his ability on the ball, bringing it, the ball out of the back you know, being a ball-playing centre-back. Obviously, lack of experience is, is something people will pick up on, um, but Jude Bellingham is another with lack of experience and he, he's looked at home, hasn't he? He's looked at home. So, we've, we've gone down this route of bringing in younger players um, without any fear over the, over the past couple of years. So, um, I, I think he, he would be a good candidate. I think he, I just think he's the best candidate. Tyrone Mings, um, I like his passion. I like his blood, his thunder. You know, he's a, he's a gutsy defender, but on the ball... Um, particularly against Romania and a bit against Austria, it just looks like a disaster waiting to happen. And I just don't think he can play in a game of the magnitude of, of that one on, on Sunday because it's arguably the biggest game in the group. As for Conor Corda, nail on the head, I think he looks more comfortable in the centre of a back three than he does playing in a back two. And I, I, I just can't see him playing on the left side of a of a back, you know, a back two or back four. So, yeah, I've gone for Ben White, you know, even though he was the, the late inclusion, I just think he's he's tailor-made for it, really. Um, and I thought he was he was solid against Romania, even though Tyrone Mings was doing his best to <laughs> give Romania a chance. So yeah, that 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 you, you might laugh at it. Um I understand why Mings is in because obviously he's a left-footed centre if he provides balance. But I think Ben White's more than comfortable playing there. The, the guy's moved into midfield, you know what I mean? And whether that was for, for Leeds very briefly, or he's done it for Brighton on multiple occasions. Um and he's playing in a back four or back three at Brighton, so yeah, gone for Ben White. Why not? Uh, Joe, to um, flip that, um, you know, the three of us have, have gone for, for Tyrone Mings. Um, Kieran mentioned that the fact that he's left footed, um, you know, got that more comfortable playing on that left hand side. Is that something that's come into your thinking when you've picked him ahead of Ben White? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, 
to be honest, I, I don't I don't like any of the combinations. If I'm being totally <laughs> honest, um, I think I, I like I, I, I say stones and mings, and I'm like, oh god, it, it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, um, ben, ben White left. Am I, am I going mad? Ben White's not left footed, is he? No, 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 no. He's no, right footed. No, fine. Um, yeah, he plays. Um, he plays. I think in the back three for um, for Brighton on the left. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Tyra Mings. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't. I don't mind him. Um, yeah, left footer provides a bit of balance. Um, I haven't really got an opinion on 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 the back on the back um, four to be honest. Uh, on the two centre halves, so just just need Harry McGuire back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is uh, a glaring. Um, Big gaping hole when he's not there, really, is anyway, which is such a shame. Um, I'm going to ask you, Chris, about Bellingham. Um, all three of you have gone for Bellingham. Um, nobody else did. Um, I'll give you my reason why I didn't. Just probably a little, I just thought a little bit too early to throw him into that game. Granted, he has played Champions League football, but I think first game of a major tournament um, for your national team is is a little bit different. I'd 100% like to see him involved in as much game time as possible, probably even start one of the, the group games and, and see from there. But tell me why, Chris, you've gone for Bellingham to start this one. Uh, how many players get their shirt, shirt number retired after one season? <laughs> no, um, I, I think at, at Birmingham, look, of course, there was so much hype around him. Goes to Borussia Dortmund for big money at such a young age. Um, of Manchester United were interested, but he chose Borussia Dortmund. And I, I think he made the right decision in that he would be allowed to develop a lot more at Borussia Dortmund when you see the, when you see the young players coming through. They've got him, they've got Giovanni Reina, got Jaden Sancho, Erling Haaland. You know, the, the list goes on in terms of the young players developed by Borussia Dortmund. And he's been allowed to flourish and having watched him in the Bundesliga, he hasn't been perfect. Um, also got sent off this season, but he has developed so much more over the season went on because Luc Lucien Favre left and Bruce Dortmund, they, they were in a hole. They were in a hole. At one stage, it looked like they were never going to get Champions League football, not in a million years. And then a good run combined with Eintracht Frankfurt um, imploding somewhat towards the end of the season, uh, they, they made it into the into the top four. I think they finished third eventually. So he was a key part of that uh, in the in the quarterfinal against Manchester City as well in the Champions League. I thought he, he was brilliant. Um, Dortmund really should have got something in that first leg of the Etihad. Of course, a late goal from from Foden denied them that, and then he scored his first Champions League goal against City in the return leg. Again, um, City turned around and of course got through to the final, but. You, you say about it being early, but this is a lad. He's, he's 17 years old. He's six foot one. He's a real presence. And sometimes it, it's like when Theo Walcott got taken to the World Cup when he was 17 years old because Sven thought it'd be good experience for him. And they never ended up playing at the World Cup. So for me, when you take when you take players, I know there's a 26 man squad, so not everybody will get involved, but. If, for me, you've got to take a player in a squad with the thought of, if need be, can I put them into a situation? And Gareth Southgate has clearly got the faith in Jude Bellingham to think he can do a job. Mm. I agree with you that 
when I when I was hearing some of the other teams mentioned there, some of the other lineups, I do fully appreciate where they're coming from. My my thought process was potentially could I drop Foden into midfield and and play Rashford or Sancho on the wings, but then that arguably makes the midfield a bit too open when you consider Mount and Foden both in central midfield and both will want to get involved in the attacking play. So that's why I've gone for Jude Bellingham because he can do a bit of everything in, in, in central midfield. And I'm a huge, huge fan of the guy. And I honestly think he can only get better. Well, of course he can. He's, he's a teenager. Of course he can only get better. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be hyped around him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you You've sold it quite well, though. I'll, I'll give you a bit of credit. Um, what is interesting you is... You could do well as, a, as his agent, I would have thought. <laughs> Hush. What is me. interesting is that, um, I mean, I'm the only one who's technically gone for a sort of front four as opposed to a, a, a front three as such, but it's pretty much all the same names. Apart from Raheem Sterling. You all seem to think Raheem Sterling isn't playing... Um, is that a, a case of you think he's way down the pecking order? Anybody want to particularly jump on I, me there? I just can't. I, I know Joey said about um, you know players maybe need need to prove a point, but I just can't justify him in my team when you see his form for City. Because think four four or five goals this whole calendar year, and the game against Leeds in particular, the Etihad stood out for me because. He was. I think he missed two brilliant chances in the first half and then played against the Leeds team with 10 men in the second and did pretty much nothing. I was genuinely staggered when he started the Champions League final. And Raheem Sterling is a very good player. He's far better at football than I'll ever be. But I was, I was genuinely surprised when he was... That striker as well. I mean, it was, maybe it was just a classic case of Pep really overthinking like he does in a lot of Champions League games. But I, I was genuinely very surprised because then he got dragged for Aguero in the second half, having not done anything. So for me, he could burst on the scene and, and make me eat my words. But for me, based on his form, I can't justify his inclusion. Yeah, I think that, that's fair enough. Obviously, uh, Key, you went uh, Foda, Grealish, Kane, Joe, and Point Sancho. Um, a couple of us have gone um, for, we've got a mix of Rashford's. Uh, and Sancho, but obviously it's all around Harry Kane. And uh, I know Joe mentioned it. Keith, do you want to touch on the, on the fact that Harry? It's ultimately a case of that that front line is very much whoever's playing around him is to do something different for for Harry to give him the chance to score the goals. Yeah, and I take Joe's point. To be fair, he was he made a good point about pace being important. You know, because Harry Kane drops deep and they do that. At Tottenham, you know, I mean, you, Chris, uh, we've spoke about that a number of times in the season, haven't we, about him dropping deep and the sort of inside forwards running in behind, you know, Son and the players who Joe had mentioned. So I can take that point. Um, so I'd, I'd be happy if one of Foden or Grealish made way for Sancho. I can't justify Sterling. I agree a lot with what Chris Coughlin said. Um, Rashford, I don't know. I don't get the hype, really. I just don't understand. He just runs at players and... And nine times out of ten, just run straight at them. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. So, um, for, dropping one of Foden and Grealish would be difficult, uh, which is why I've picked both of them because I think they're the two best players in those positions at the minute. But I could, I could deal with Sancho maybe playing. Um, but yeah, what, what, what can I say? Jack Grealish just does his talking on the pitch, doesn't he? Um, the fact that Romania and Austria—I mean, they're not the 
the most glamorous football inside, but their game plan was literally kick him as many times as humanely possible before the referee books us because we don't know what to do with him. Um, and Foden, technically very, very good in tight spaces. Um, and I think a lot will, will rest on his shoulders for, for the years to come, really. So um, it's weird because I actually think Grealish is a... I don't think he's not necessarily better than Foden, but he's a bit more advanced in terms of experience, isn't he? I think he started very young with Villa, whereas Pep's really moulded Foden into the first team and now he's obviously reaping the rewards. So I don't know. I, I completely understand what Joe's saying um, with pace, but I, I just cannot look past those two. It, it it would hurt me more to drop one of those two. <laughs> yeah. Really? So yeah, I'm just going to play them both. Sad it. I don't Kay, think Southgate will though. <laughs> Key, who's your like non-negotiables, do you reckon, in your, in your team? Because for me, I think Mason Mount is just... Mm. The one that I, I I can't I can't get rid of them for me. I, I just struggle to play all three of them in in the games that we might, you know, have to squander possession. I think Mount, yeah, Mount. Uh, if I was being realistic, Mount and one one of Ford and Grealish would be a non-negotiable. Does that make sense? So two of those three, definitely Mount, and then one of Ford and Grealish. Pickford, I, he's not put a foot wrong for England. Um, I know he's had. A dodgy few things to Everton, but all goalkeepers make mistakes. All goalkeepers make mistakes. It's just I think you just they get scrutinised more depending on the responsibility. Like Pitford's been the number one, so let's shoot him down. But Dean Henderson, when he played against um, Istanbul, Bash Bash actually I can't pronounce it. You know I'm on about <laughs> in the Champions League. Uh, I had a stinker, and that was his, that was that was the game he was meant to take the mantle from De Gea. Shows how much Ollie trusts him when he's played pretty much every Europa League game and then he puts De Gea back in for the final and then he misses the penalty. So I just think, yeah, Pickford is a non-negotiable for me as well and people can shoot me down for that, not bothered. Um, and Kane, obviously. But then every, everywhere else is quite interchangeable, really. Depends what he goes with at the back. You know, you've got real good competition in the right-back area, good competition in the left-back area. Depends what you want from each game, what system you're going to play. Um, I would 100% have Bellingham. I don't think that's going to happen as well. I just think I've not seen a box to bo genuine box to box midfielder like him in forever. You have a, a six, as they call it these days, or a ten. Do you know what I mean? You have a holder or an attacker. He is just a genuine eight, as they call it now, but a box to box. Mm -hmm. He can do the defensive work against Austria. He was the one who won it back and got the current attack going, but he can do it in the attacking third. He's athletic, he's strong, good technique, good confidence. And I would play him because I just think, like, up against Modric where we let Modric dictate things in the World Cup semi, I just think he's got no respect for players like that. He's like, I'm no. just going to smash you. Do you know what I mean? He gets in your face. Yeah. So, um, to answer your question, Joe, Mount Pickford, uh, Kane, definite, and I'd throw Bellingham in there, and one yeah. of Ford and Grealish. Well, uh, I've just <laughs> quickly gone through um, all seven of the 11s that, that we've picked, and there's five players who win all of them. Pickford, Stones, quite probably because of necessity um, as much as anything. Um, then, oh, four, I beg your pardon. Uh, Mount and Kane, or is it? No, actually, oh, five. It, is, it is five. Yeah, Rice. Yeah. Uh, so the, there are five players. In Rice the... is massive, you know. He's, yeah. he's brilliant. To me, he ultimately, whatever him. system you play, you need yeah. at least one holding midfield player. Um, mm -hmm. Rice is the best for, for me because he can... You know, he's got the ability to play and defend. You know, he's played at centre-half. He knows what that game's about. If we're under the cosh, we play our back four, there's no reason why Declan Rice cannot just drop five yards further back, drop into a, a back three and just con condense it. 
All, I mean, part of it depends on on who's a little bit further forward of him as well. But there's a lot of adaptability, and I'm gonna on on this this England discussion. I'll just um, finish with uh, one point um, from e- each of you. Um, how good is it that the fact that we've got a lot of different systems, a lot of different options, players to play in different to make him more attacking or more defensive? How good is it? I'll start with you, Joe. That there are all these different options. Uh, yeah, it is good that we have different options, but uh, it's it's how the manager wants to use them. Yeah. <laughs> do, do I trust? Do I trust the manager to uh, to uh, to do that? I mean, yeah, you've got plenty of options to make the team a lot more defensive. But uh, as he as he got the um, uh, as he got the uh, the nous to, to to make us more attacking, I don't know. I am. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting how how uh, how we're going to line up. Um, I mean, I I don't think we said it, but I I think it's well, it's pretty obvious that we're going to be playing three at the back, which uh, against Croatia, which I'm I'm not completely against, but you know, look at the the Scotland team for example, you got to play four, um, and you know, put as many of your attacking players as possible and try and out football them. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 good that we've got the options and again, but we've we've gone with the players that that we have to, we have to have uh, Rice, Mount, Kane, uh, Grealish, and and um, and the goalkeeper. But you know, the left backs, I have to say, uh, toss of a coin for me for for uh, for for both of them. But I'd I'd go for Luke Shaw because he's a season. I love the football. It's been chill well, but. I like really like Luke Shaw, and then to be fair, at right back, obviously, yeah, you know that we're um, we don't have uh, enough right backs, uh, of course. Um, but uh, I think Trippier against Croatia is a good option. Um, Sturdy can defend well. Um, obviously, we haven't got Trent anymore. Um, I, I would also like to see Reese James in the Scotland match uh, because hmm. uh, I think he offers a bit more. Going forward, a bit quicker. I'd like to see him playing this game. Anything to add to that, Kieran? Uh, just quick one, really, Joe. Very early point. Yeah, we've got the players, we've got the talent, we've got the systems and tactical flexibility and versatility. But we've had that in the past, haven't we? We've had quality and managers have absolutely blown it, haven't they? At tournaments and not known how to use them. You know, we're playing skulls on the left wing. Capello yeah. put Gerard on the left wing. Not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, it's completely how Gareth Southgate uses these players at his disposal, whether he uses them in the right systems at the right times in the right games. That's what he's got to get right. If he doesn't, we'll we'll bomb out. No doubt. We'll, we'll do a classic game and we'll bomb out. If he does, we can go far. We can absolutely go far. So, yeah, depends how they're used. Final word from you, Coughlin. Yeah, this is a big call, but I, I genuinely think that unless we get a home Euros in the future, this is arguably England's best ever chance to win the Euros because if we win the group apart and go all the way to the final, apart from the quarterfinal, which would be in Rome, it'd be all at Wembley. So mm. we can't ask for more than that, can we, yeah. to be honest with you. So that's where my optimism comes from in that this is England's best chance. And that that that's that's why that's where the excitement comes from. And what what yeah, we've done well, in the two home tournaments, won it on semi final. So, you know mm-hmm. yeah. history is on our sides. <laughs> well, um, that's it out in the group stage <laughs> famous last words yeah 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 
We're not going to score a goal, are we? All this is actually no goal. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media.